Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So, uh, it ain't me. And a subtitle for this story, the weird, the uh, title of the world's richest person changed hands twice in the past week as fluctuations on the stock market saw Amazon's Jeff Bezos pass Microsoft's Bill Gates and then fall behind him again. I mentioned that to, uh, to Lisa, who's the producer on this program, studio producer, and she said, oh, Billionaire problems. <laughs> Such a good line. <laughs> billionaire problems. Yes, indeed. Billionaire problems. How much do we? How much are we worth today? Reminds me of the story of John Paul Getty, Getty Oil, about fifty years ago. Mister Getty was the world's richest man, and. Uh, that was before the age of political correctness where you would have had to say the world's richest person. So he was the world's richest man. And a reporter asked him, Mr. Getty, how much are you worth? And Mr. Getty said, I don't know. And the reporter said, you don't know? You don't know how much you're worth? And Getty said, look, if you know how much you're worth, you're not, very, you're not worth very much. And I suspect you know exactly how much you're worth. Billionaire problems. May they soon become mine. Anyway, Sunday edition of the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Great to have you with us. A little later on, chaos on Pennsylvania Avenue. Fran Coombs will join us, the managing editor of Rasmussen Polling. Mr. Coombs, the former editor of the Washington Times. And uh, lots going on in uh, in Mr. Trump's White House. We'll talk to bioethicist Dr. Arthur Kaplan. Now that little Charlie Gard is going to um, be allowed to die, his parents have decided that, and... Arthur Kaplan wrote a column in the New York Daily News after Charlie Gard learning tough truths. So we'll get that story for you. And there's the, uh, you may not have heard the name Private Leah Green. Unless you listen to this program all the time and you happen to catch the segment with Sergeant Major um, Barry Westholm about two, three years ago, 
Barry talked to us about Leah Green and the problems she was having and the lack of support she was receiving from Veterans Affairs Canada. Well, she's passed away. She's only 40 years of age. And uh, she asked Barry, who would become her advocate, to make sure that Canadians knew her story when she died. And we'll also be speaking with, in that segment, with Cassandra Desmond. Cassandra is the sister of Corporal Lionel Desmond, who in January of this year in Nova Scotia was battling uh, just tremendously difficult PTSD and post-concussion syndrome and took his own life and the lives of his wife, his child, and his mother. I'm sure you remember the story. Cassandra is uh, Corporal Lionel Desmond's sister, and she said the system completely let him down. And to her, he's still her hero. He was an absolutely great guy. Came back from Afghanistan and uh, had huge problems. And the system just didn't bother to take care of them. Didn't bother to help out. There's a lot of news in the last, what, 24, 36 hours about the new Tesla 3, the electric vehicle, the new car, the new uh, vehicle from Elon Musk. And uh, I was reading a story, actually before this came out, Paul Dreesen on townhall.com in his article, Tesla Battery, Subsidy and Sustainability Fantasies, writes when Tesla's subsidies were eliminated in recent months in Hong Kong and Denmark, their sales plummeted to nearly zero. So the question is, are, is the EV phenomenon for real or is it really just all about taxpayer money going to something that's at least at this time in its evolution, pie in the sky. There is a whole quick charging network apparently going to be put in place between Manitoba and Ontario on the Trans-Canada Highway. Nowhere else in Canada, but between Manitoba and Ontario, or Ontario and Manitoba, on the TCH Trans-Canada Highway. Paul Dreesen is the Senior Policy Analyst for the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow, cfact.org. He's the author of Eco-Imperialism, Green Power, Black Death. Paul, thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Roy. It's my pleasure. So we, we have this Tesla 3, just been rolled out to much fanfare. Elon Musk is predicting a challenging time manufacturing all the cars on order, if I understand him correctly. And I read yesterday that the CEO of Royal Dutch Shell, the oil company, has said all his future cars will have an EV component. He's planning on buying a hybrid Mercedes S500. I want to come back to that information for your thoughts after we speak about your article which a listener sent and which appeared on townhall.com. The justification for the EV introduction and rollout was initially internal combustion engines polluting too much, as you pointed out. Now it's climate change, but you also point out that the plug-in EVs account for barely 0.15% of the 1.4 billion vehicles on the road. Would you be able to give us some perspective on, on what that really means with, with all of this uh, anticipation and excitement over the uh, Tesla 3? Yeah, it's really hard to figure out where this is going to go because so much of it is going to depend on what kinds of subsidies and other gimmies the government is going to provide in Canada, the United States, Denmark, Hong Kong, or wherever you're going to try to buy these cars. Um, the federal government in the U.S. was giving Tesla $7,500 rebates for every car they sold so the buyer would really reduce his outlay by $7,500. That's going to phase out over the next few months uh, for Tesla. So California's stepping up. They're going to pass a $3 billion uh, 
subsidy program for electric cars, mostly for Tesla in California, it looks like. And the question is, are we going to do this across the board? Right now, up to, up to this point, in the United States, the richest 20% of all Americans got 90% of the hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer subsidies that have been doled out for electric cars. So they're the only ones... They're the only ones then who, to whom the electric car that may have a range of 100 or 200 miles makes sense because they've got a they've got a stable of vehicles and they know they're going to get this subsidy that's paid for by the perhaps lower end of the socioeconomic taxpayer scale, and uh, and so with the subsidies they buy the cars, but for the person who's at the bottom end, it means nothing. Right, exactly. I mean, the, even the thirty-five thousand dollar new Tesla that they're talking about is basically twice as expensive as the gasoline-fueled version of the same basic car in terms of what it can do, and it'll go a lot farther. Um, And if you do the recharging often enough on those batteries, they're going to wear out in a few years, and you've got to replace the whole battery pack, and that's maybe $10,000. So it's a real costly venture, and as you say, if you're rich enough, you're one of those billionaires, then you can have a whole stable of cars and you use your little Tesla when you want to run around and be nice and green to your neighbors or you only have a short trip around town. But taking it on a longer trek is pretty difficult. Um, the other thing that you got into a minute ago was setting up these free charging stations along highways or here in the States. They've got them in a lot of municipal parking lots and elsewhere. Um the Tesla owners, the EV owners, are not paying for those, and a lot of places they get the charge for free. Palo Alto in California, where Tesla is headquartered, used to charge nothing. They put in the uh, charging stations and then charge nothing whatsoever to go and charge your car every day. Now they're finally going to start charging 23 cents a kilowatt hour, which is above the 19 cents a kilowatt hour that the average Californian pays for electricity, but it's still well below what they're really costing to have this uh, charging station in those garages. And then the other thing that they get here in the U.S., in a lot of places, is free access to HOV lanes. So the lanes may require you to have three people in a car if you're driving a gasoline-powered car, but if you're driving your subsidized Tesla, then you get to go on the uh, lanes for free, even if there's only one person, you the driver, in the car. So there's so many things that are propping up the sales and trying to make it look like these are green vehicles, which from my analysis is not the case. But it really makes you wonder what the future of electric vehicles actually is going to be. I'd like to I talk to you about all I'd, these subsidies are sustainable. My yeah, friend. I'd like to talk to you about that in just a moment. Let me put you on hold and we'll come back with Paul Dreesen. On the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, he's the senior policy analyst for the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow, cfact.org the author of Eco-Imperialism, Green Power, Black Death. What about the electric vehicles? I'll open my phone lines shortly and uh, ask you whether you have any interest in buying one. Maybe some people listening already have one. Do you think it's the future, or do you think it's really just about feeling good about helping the climate, supposedly, and picking your pocket? Again, uh, in Mr. Dreesen's article that I read in townhall.com, when the subsidies were eliminated for Tesla, in recent months in Hong Kong and Denmark, their sales dropped to almost zero. So, yeah, well, there's something else here. Um, 
the lithium batteries. They're a challenge. And Paul writes about battery derangement syndrome. So we're going to talk about that. When we come back, more on the issue of EVs, electrical vehicle, electric vehicles, on the Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. Taking on the Titans, standing up for the little guy. It's the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Paul Dreesen is talking to us about electric vehicles. His uh, article in uh, townhall.com. Is Tesla battery subsidy and sustainability fantasies? And uh, Mr. Dreesen is senior policy analyst for the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow, CFACT.org, and the author of Eco-Imperialism, Green Power, Black Death. Paul, I'm not uh, fundamentally against electric vehicles. I just don't know why they're suddenly so necessary. And as you point out in the article, one of the maybe the first reason given was that the internal combustion engine was so polluting. Well, now internal combustion engines run extremely cleanly. And uh, the, as you've pointed out, the, the, the creation of electric vehicles requires a tremendous amount of subsidizing by the taxpayer. So what's, what's the rush in 2030, 2040? Many governments are, are indicating or have already passed legislation that uh, will prohibit the sale of pure diesel or pure gasoline vehicles. They'll have to, at the very least, be hybrid. There's a tremendous rush to get these vehicles on the road. Why? Yeah, you know, I've got nothing against EVs either, uh, but I don't understand the rush either. Uh, they keep talking about climate change, but we can get into some of those details in a few minutes if you want. I don't see the massive destructive climate changes actually taking place outside my window in the real world. I see them when I go to Al Gore's movie or I listen to some of the alarmist scientists. But the amounts of raw materials that are required to be dug out of the ground for these lithium cobalt batteries, um, they're coming from places that are ecological wastelands in Baotou, China area, or in the Democratic Republic of China, of Congo, I mean, where families, entire families are out there digging in the dirt and digging out these very toxic and radioactive metals. Uh, The whole families ultimately get sick and die from all of that, and this is supposed to be sustainable and ecologically friendly and healthy for America, healthy for the world, healthy for Canada. I don't see any of that in the reality of where these metals come from, what has to go, the processes you have to go through to, to convert the ores into the metals and put them into the batteries and so forth. Then what do you do with disposing of them? They, they're pretty toxic again at that point. Um, so the bottom line is all the justifications given for having these make no sense. The costs are extremely high. Uh, and we haven't even gotten into the question of how much electricity we're going to have to be generating mm-hmm. in order to to feed the charging stations. I did some number crunching on that based on some work that Mark Mills, who's a, one of the more brilliant technology people out there, and bottom line is if you were to take all the vehicles that we have in the world right now and turn them into electric vehicles and you take all the electricity that we're generating now from fossil fuels and you generate it with wind turbines and solar panels and then try to feed those electric vehicles, you're going to need something on the order of 
you take all the electric lithium battery factories right now, you would need all their output for 1,250 years to provide enough battery storage for one day of all that electricity that we're talking well, it about. It sounds eminently doable or to have me. you have 1,250 times more factories. Yeah, doesn't that sound doable to you? <laughs> yeah, in the fantasy lands of Hollywood, it can always be done, or Al Gore's fantasy lands, but not in the real world that you and I are forced to live yeah. in. Now, I have about two and a half minutes here. What's the big picture objective? Wealth transfer, as in climate change arguments generally? Young people are learning to despise Western nation success, and they feel great shame for having the time to complain instead of working 18 hours a day for horrid wages, I guess. Well, what's the big picture rationale, do you think? Well, when you look at the climate change people, the activists in the United Nations and elsewhere, they have come right out and said they've got several objectives that protecting the environment is has nothing to do with climate change anymore. What they're really after is, number one, getting rid of capitalism and replacing it with some sort of a centralized UN-directed economic system. Second is to transfer the world's wealth and resources from the countries that have it now to the countries that don't have it. And then tell the poor developing countries what level of industrialization and development they will be permitted to have down the road a few years. All right. So if we then, if we look at uh, what's going on, extrapolate maybe from what we've talked about, the uh, internal combustion engine will be history because it's going to be legislated out of existence almost or entirely. The uh, electric vehicle is the, uh, the future, however, the future requires so much subsidy or subsidizing that nobody will be or very few people will ultimately be able to afford them if this formula continues that's in place now. So the uh, so we'll all be back to horses. I mean, I'm not trying yeah, to be funny, the but... part of it is that they want everything to go wind and solar. Yeah, and yeah. you cannot possibly have enough wind turbines or solar panels to run the EVs plus all the other electrical no. uses that we have today. Um, Another one of my colleagues did a quick number crunch on the back of an envelope, and he says that if we were to trans uh, to generate our current electricity with wind turbines, we would need wind turbines basically covering all of North America twice over. We <laughs> need 830 million wind turbines just to replace the electricity right. we're using today. Paul Dreesen, thank you so much for the time. You're welcome. It's good talking Thanks to you. I'll call you again. Thank you, Paul Dreesen. On the electric vehicles, all right, I have nothing against them, but the numbers just don't look right to me. When I saw this column, Tesla battery subsidy and sustainability fantasies, I thought I'd talk to Paul Dreesen. My number is 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. Are you an enthusiast for the electric vehicles? Do you believe that it is the car of the future? Has anybody listening to this program owned one or has ordered one? I mean, I'm talking about a pure electric vehicle now, not so, not a hybrid, but just a pure electric vehicle. I saw one the other day. It's tiny. And the first thing I look for is exhaust pipes. If I don't see exhaust pipes, then I'll look for the name of the car. So 800-263-2428. Do you think the electric vehicle is the, is the vehicle of the future? Just think about what electricity cost under Kathleen Wynne. 800-263-2428 is my number. Are we staying with the internal combustion engine? And is it about wealth transfer? What do you think?